happened. Barry Robson's managerial stint at the Dons is over. The plaque was pulled following our disappointing 1-0 draw against Dundee midweek. You can hear Barry's last interview following that game coming up as attention turned to matters on the field against Celtic on Saturday. It wasn't the best of timing, a transfer window closing and some high-profile games coming up. But it was clear that on and off the pitch, something had to change. The decision may make or break the remainder of the season, with the Dons sitting eighth in the Premiership. Also coming up this week, we have a tribute to Alice Shewan and a roundup from the rest of the matches in the SPFL and Highland League from the weekend, and some supporters' news on the AFC Dons cast on Sunday, the 4th of February. Welcome to the AFC Dons cast from the Inverness Reds. It's Graham here with your weekly roundup of Dons news. Barry Robson was appointed interim manager early in 2023, taking over for now Dundee United boss Jim Goodwin. After an impressive run of seven consecutive victories, he signed a two-year deal in May last year. He led the team to a third-place finish in the table last season, qualifying for the UEFA Europa Conference League in the process. However, league results this season have been disappointing, let alone the performance on the pitch, winning just six of the 21 games played in the Premiership. The play witnessed by the Red Army this season has been poor, not helped by a manager willing to make change during a game or between games. At times, it did feel that he was a rabbit in the headlights, and even the supposed experienced guiding hand of Steve Agnew didn't help, and you would question, really, what did he do? Club chairman Dave Cormack said in a statement that results and performances this season had been well below the expectations set. Although it's been a difficult call, the board felt the change was necessary and in the best interests of Aberdeen FC. Barry earned the right to be Aberdeen manager and knew the high level of expectation we had when he took the role. We gave Barry as much time and support as we possibly could in the hope and expectation he could return us to the league form we witnessed in the spring of last year. There is a talented squad of players at the club, which makes our current league position unacceptable. With 17 games left in the league and still in the Scottish Cup, this change is necessary to help us refocus on our ambitions for the rest of the season. It's important we thank Barry for his significant contribution to Aberdeen as a player, a coach and manager. He's a good man who worked extremely hard in everything he did for us and it goes without saying that we wish him and Steve our very best. The club as a business is in good shape. We have no bank debt, significant commercial growth, record season ticket and Aberdeen membership sales. We also have an evolving player trading model that is allowing us to invest significantly more in the football operation than the operating income we generate. But as chairman, I accept responsibility along with the board for the managerial upheavals. It's exhausting for everyone to go through, not least our fans and the managers who gave their all and lost their jobs. We have asked first-team coach Peter Levin, assisted by Scott Anderson, to lead training on an interim basis. The spotlight doesn't end at the manager. The Football Management Board also has to take responsibility, Dave Cormack himself, and supporters are questioning the role of Stephen Gunn, our director of football. Later on in the show, we look at the bookies' odds to find out who is odds-on favourite to take the manager role. First up, though, the game that sealed Barry's downfall was played on Wednesday night. Graham Shinney provided his thoughts before the match. Stick with us. 
we need them. Um, I think in in tougher times is is when you need them the most. Naturally, when when you're doing well and, and you're high flying, they're going to be there with you. It's natural, but I think through these tougher times, <clears throat> when things aren't going so great, is is when we need them the most. So um, the message from me is is uh, try to stick with us as much as they can. I know on the flip side of that is they need us to be performing, of course, um, and, and we haven't been giving them enough on the pitch, so we need to sort that out. Um, but yeah, just try and, and stick with us as much as they can. So at Petaudry on Wednesday night, Lee Ashcroft's back post-header was the ultimate downfall on the night for Barry Robson. Bowen Majoski's first-half penalty provided some hope of an improvement, but it was a turgid affair throughout the game. Majoski gave us a lead from the spot, finding into the bottom right corner after Joe Shaughnessy had taken Esther Sokler's standing leg and attempting to clear a Jack Milne cross. A smart near-post finish by Sokler seemed to have put the Dons 2-0 up five minutes after the interval, only to be denied by the offside flag. Roos saved Ashcross back post header from a left wing corner, but after Beck trudged across the park to take from the other flank, his delivery found the same man who has this time turned home to level the scores. From there on in, neither keeper was threatened and the main route forward was long balls. At full time, the Red Army made their feelings known. Barry Robson probably knew at that point there was no coming back, the decision taken to relieve him of his duties the following morning. Barry, your reaction to that? I think... Um Taking chances, I think, was a, a big thing. I think um, we missed a really good chance at the start. Um, Graham was through one on one, and I think um, Jamie McGrath missed a really good chance as well. Um, second half, and Esther's ones, fine margins for the offside as well, and um, we lose a goal, a set play. So frustration on that behalf. Um, but I didn't think. I thought it looked two tired teams tonight out there. Um, uh, we, we looked a bit leggy, I thought, um, at times. We tried to freshen the team up, but we did look a bit leggy. And as I said, in another day, if you take them chances, it probably gives you that wee bit more spring in your step. And we're just a bit. Um, that's what was the, the thing was missing tonight. What did you think about the equaliser? Well, it's I've, I've just seen it back. There's a lot of bads in the goalkeeper. Um, but, listen, it's a set play, we need to defend it better. And I'm not here to use excuses and all that anyway. And we've just got to make sure that we, we keep that out the goal. And and um, you, you come away with a 1-0 win, having missed a couple of chances. Did you still think um, there was a big chance to win the game off the back of that? Yeah, well, I think you see with the, 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 the attacking, how we attacking we tried to go. We probably lost a bit of um, control in the game. But we was trying to get more players high up the pitch. We went three for three. Um, we tried to keep two strikers on the pitch at all times. Um, and uh, as I said, we, just that quality um, of the f finishing. And we could have came in, we should have probably come in at half time, 2 0 up, um, but we didn't. So um, after that, they, 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 they scored the second play, and then we pr probably should have tried to threaten a bit more second half. Did you get enough impact off the bench from the changes you made? Um, I think it's, well, Killing is just in the door. Um, we're, we're trying to go after the game, but. I think Shadham was a bit um, late for him and we're just trying to find um, ways of creating chances and to, 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 to try and get a wee bit of an onslaught against him. And I think if Jamie McGrath's goal had went in, we, we um, could have given us a, a lift and we, we could have went more, you know. Um, but no, it's um, it was a, um, a frustrating night for us. 
How damaging a result does that feel? Well, it's always damaging because we want to get three points. We want to jump up um, above um, some teams there tonight and we had a chance to do it and we've missed that opportunity. But that means we just have to make sure we take that opportunity at the weekend. I know it's a really difficult game, but we'll have to go and try and, and pick up three points again. What about the crowd reaction tonight? Listen, I thought the, the crowd were fine. I thought the, the crowd were really good. They tried to help the players there a lot. I think, um, I think they, 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 they were very good with the fans and... Um, no issue with that. They, they, they want to win football matches and so do we and, and we're going to do everything we possibly can to, to try and um, do that for them. As you say, big game's upcoming, starting with Celtic at the weekend. Yeah, big game for us. Um, always is. Um, every game's a big game. Um, but we, one we need to try and um, impose ourselves on um, and try and make sure we, we can play as well as we can. Thanks, Barry. Cheers, Rob. And this attention turned to the Celtic match. There was some positive news on the injury front prior to the match. Following a scar on the injury sustained by Slobodan, Rubicic revealed he will not require surgery, but will be out for about 10 to 12 weeks. Stefan Gartenman returned to training on Friday and made the starting lineup yesterday. It's eight years to the day that Aberdeen last beat Celtic at Pajodri. The Dons haven't taken a point at home to Celtic since April 2021. Was that about to change? We hear the pre-match thoughts with standing coach Peter Levin, but we start with the matchday live team of Rob McLean and Thomas Kearney. Hello from Pitodri, welcome to our social media preview of Aberdeen against Celtic. 12.30 kickoff, and we will be on air 15 minutes in advance of that. Rob McLean here with Thomas Cherney uh, alongside. Thomas, what did you make about the departure of Barry Robson, someone you know really well? Yeah, no, I've known Barry for many, many years, and it's always uh, sad to see, you know, somebody go. I think Barry did an unbelievable job last season, guiding the team to the third place and just bringing the European football group stage back to Pitodli after many, many years. So in that respect, he, he, he did a really, really good job. But of course, the expectations here at Aberdeen are that you are constantly high up in the league, always fighting at least for that third spot. Yep. And uh, the, the league form, unfortunately, has been disappointing. There's been a lot of inconsistency in the performance and the results. So ultimately, I think the, the pressure have been building and, and resulted in, in him uh, losing the job, which is yeah. very, very disappointing. But I'm sure he will, he will bounce back and, and he will... He will uh, continue being a good manager yeah elsewhere. i'm sure he will it's, it's, it's always very painful um, when it does come to an end like this it, it means that uh, for the moment uh, peter levin uh, is the man in charge in the technical area and i've just had a quick word with peter downstairs peter you've just been launched into this without too much warning how's it been the last few days uh it's been stressful times but it's been enjoyable uh for two days to prepare so the, hopefully the boys will be ready what do you sense about the atmosphere at the moment among the players going into this? No, good. Uh, obviously, they know the task. Uh, we're at Aberdeen, so the expectations. Uh, but hopefully, the boys can perform today. Four changes. Um, what's your thinking? Obviously, a uh, uh, first start for Killian Phillips. Yeah, Killian's trained well. Uh, brings up presence. Good footballer. Uh, just tinkered with the shape a little bit. So... The last few games before, before the home game, uh, I thought we played well as a four. Uh, so we brought that today. Um, Stefan Gartman uh, is back in. Conor Barron is back in. I'm trying to remember the four now. And Dante Polvara. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got all good footballers. Uh, I said to the players, uh, they're going to have to be brave on the ball. Uh, obviously, Celtic are a very good team, but when it turns over, they have to be brave and have to keep the ball.
So, so that's the that's the main message to to the players going into this one uh, today. And um, yeah, they're, they're in good good spirits. Yeah, they're in good spirits. Told them be structured in your shape, but go and enjoy yourself. Work hard and get on the ball and play. Good luck, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, good luck to Peter, keeping it brief uh, there. It's a big match, isn't it, for Killian Phillips to be making his first Aberdeen start, Thomas? Yeah, well, what a great opportunity for him, yeah. you know, so to come in and, and play in a game against Celtic, which is going to be a very, very tough game. Um, obviously, it's going to be a big test for him, but also opportunity to show what he's made of and to show that, you know, whoever the manager will be, uh, how good he is or not good. Um, um, so... Yeah, no, I think that's it's a type of game you want to be involved in and play. It's almost um, you have to think and just go out and, and just do your best. And and usually that type of game brings the best out of you. Uh, so hopefully uh, we see a good performance from him today. It's a massive match. It's a 12.30 kickoff. Uh, we are on air from 12.15 with all the big build-up to the big game. Hopefully you will join us on Red TV Match Day Live. The Dons team had a point to prove on Saturday afternoon following the upheaval earlier in the week. Ahead of the kickoff, there was a minute's applause to remember former captain and member of the AFC Hall of Fame, Ali Shewan, who passed away earlier in the week. It was an early Aberdeen side in the first half, but despite Celtic dominating the first half, it was the Dons that took the lead through Boyan Majowski early into the second half, scoring his 12th league goal and 19 in all competitions to make it 1-0. Celtic's new signing Nicholas Kuhn levelled when he scored his first goal for the club since his January move from Rapid Vienna, just minutes after coming off the bench. His fellow new start, Adam Ida, combined, Ida laying the ball off to Kuhn in the box, and his deflected shot went past Bruce to make it 1-0. The game started to flow end-to-end, -end, a much more entertaining second half. Majowski had the ball in the net again on the 85th minute after a through ball by Clarkson, but the assistant ref had flagged up for offside. A match-needed point against the league leaders and a more spirited performance from the Dons provides some encouragement ahead of our midweek outing against Rangers this coming week. Ron McLean and Thomas Cherney reflect on the game. Hello from Petondry, it's Rob McLean and Thomas Cherney who've enjoyed uh, watching Aberdeen 1 Celtic 1. You wouldn't have thought it was going to finish that way on the basis of the first half, but uh, Peter Levin's first match in interim charge ends in a 1-0 draw against Brendan Rodgers. Celtic, who had uh, all manner of chances first half, hit the crossbar twice. It was some escape for Aberdeen to be level goalless at half-time, but Boyan Miovsky scoring his 19th goal of the season in the second half, edged Aberdeen in front before Nicholas Kuhn off the bench for Celtic equalised. Uh, but it was a totally transformed Aberdeen performance, and I guess, Thomas, as you look back on it, it could well have been three points rather than one. It could have, no. I thought the uh, second half was uh, terrific, uh, especially <laughs> the contrast. Uh, you know, we were sitting here really frustrated at the half-time, thinking this is not looking good. I think Celtic got all the ball, really comfortable, creating chances in the first half. Uh, so we were not sure how the second half would uh, pan out, but it was actually really good. And uh, Aberdeen just started it really well, got excellent goal to Dubojan, and as you said, we created another three, four good chances. We should have maybe taken, and, and uh, the result could have been even better. But as you said, like.
point is, is that effect uh, outcome from from the game against the the champions and and it and should do a lot for belief shouldn't and it 100 and also like if you see the reaction of the fans and uh them coming home actually happy from the game i think that's one of the reasons you play football you want to uh send uh, people home happy and enjoy their weekend and i know how frustrating it is when your team is not doing very well and for some fans is one of fun, some of the fans it's, it's you know uh, it's a big part of their life and if if they are disappointed uh, coming home from the game it's 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 just not great so it's really good to see uh everyone smiling a bit more and, and going home happy and they can enjoy. Yeah, more of that would be good. It's still only six still only six league wins out of 22 games, but that is one big point this afternoon. Could have been all three, uh, but that is certainly uh, progress in terms of uh, performance. Uh, Aberdeen won, Celtic won today at Pataudry. Peter Levin gave his thoughts on the match following our draw with Celtic. Peter, that's one massive point won today and it could have been all three. Yeah, we had chances. Uh, I just said to them at half-time, I said, just relax. They looked a wee bit nervous on the ball at times and it would just never picked up the second ball. So I just sat them down at half-time and said, listen, top players, good players, do this every day in training, just relax, go out and give me the same effort. And I think they showed that in the second half. Yeah, that's, that was a team talk at half-time that certainly worked because it was a totally transformed performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a good team. They're going to they're gonna, uh, push you back. The rotations are great in midfield. Uh, but I just thought second half was so much better, and we had chances to score. Yeah, do, do you feel as if are you, are you feeling sore at the moment that, that it's not three points rather than one, or or is that getting a bit greedy? Yeah, I think it's getting a bit. I'd, I'd love the three points. Obviously, we'd all love the three points. But I think if you look at the, the whole game, I think a point's a fair result. Yeah, I mean, the Celtic had a lot of the first half, didn't they? And hit the bar twice, and and you were probably feeling pretty fortunate to be goalless at halftime. Yeah, hundred percent. You've you've got to to have a bit of luck against against the old firm. Uh, we got that in the first half, but no, I think I think we stood up to the task. Second half, uh, created good chances, and we played. That was the most important thing for me. That we, we played a little more. And as long as you've got that man wearing number nine up front and another top quality goal for his 19th of the season, that's a great finish. Uh, top striker. Uh, yeah, but I thought his work rate today was unbelievable. Ran the channel well, held it up. I thought he was fantastic. Should the goal have been followed by a second yellow for Celtic, Navarotsky? I can't remember that. Yeah, somebody's asked me that before, but I've not seen it back yet. Yeah, uh, it certainly looked like it was a it was a good shout for a second yellow. Maybe one of those that would have been a booking had it not been already uh, a yellow ag against him. But anyway, on the on the subject of Aberdeen's performance and and chances, I mean the stats must be really good for that second half in terms of what you were able to create. Yeah, we created loads. I think we I think the second half had four shots to target maybe. Uh, so that was good. We, on transition, we were very good there. But for me, the most important thing was, was playing at times and, and having that belief and confidence to go and play. Uh, Celtic are obviously a good team, uh, but we went for the second half. I thought Graham Shinney shone out in terms of uh, a captain's performance second half. Uh, he's a leader. He's been brilliant, honestly, the last two days in the changing room. Uh, but no, he, he was outstanding. He covered every, every bit of grass today. He could have won it as well, although I'm, I'm being told that had the ball gone in the back of the net, Stephen McLean was going to pull it back for, a, for an infringement further back, but, but it, it certainly looked as if he was going to score a wonder goal yeah, at one point. Shinny said that at the end there, but obviously it would go to VAR, but I thought he won it fairly uh, with the header. But that's just what, what the team can bring, that speedness, uh, tacking up the pitch. and no, I thought the boys were really good second half. It's got to do wonders for belief, that, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, it's a tough game Tuesday. Uh, they're in tomorrow for a recovery and then we go again. Well done, Peter. Thank you very much.
slash live audio and video of our next match only on Red TV. Subscribe now for full match day coverage, replays, highlights, and all the goals, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. Sign up now at redtv.afc.co.uk. The best of the action only on Red TV. Let's look back at the rest of the matches from the weekend then. And Rangers beat bottom club Livingston 3-0 at Ibrox to close the gap on Premiership leader Celtic to three points with a game in hand. Hearts are now 12 points cleared in third place after top scorer Lonald Shanklin scored a late winner in a 3-2 victory at Dundee. Submitton earned an impressive 3-0 win over Hibs at Easter Road, while St Johnston defeated Ross County 1-0 in Dingwall. Motherwell and Kilmarnock drew out a 1-0 draw at Fir Park. Dundee United have a four-point lead in the Championship after coming from behind to beat Air United 2-1 at Somerset Park. Fourth place Greenock Morton thrashed Dunfermline Athletic 5-0 at East End Park and Queen's Park in ninth spot beat Inverness Cully Thistle 1-0 in the Highland Capital. It was a good day for the away teams in League One. Second place Hamilton Ackies beat Queen of the South 2-0 at Palmerston while Allo Athletic defeated Annan Athletic 3-2 at Galabank to move into the top four. Kelty Hearts saw bottom club Edinburgh City 3-0 at the Medbank Stadium with Don's lone Alfie Bavage scoring the hat-trick and it was 2-0 between Stirling Albion and Cove Rangers at 4th Bank. Stenhousemuir are now 15 points clear in League 2 following a 1-0 home win over Dumbarton while second place Peterhead drew 1-0 with bottom club Clyde at New Douglas Park. Elgin City beat East 5-1-0 at Barra Briggs and it was also 1-0 for 4th Athletic against the Spartans at Station Park. Bonnie Rigrose and Stranraer drew 0-0 at New Dundas Park. The New Saints beat Falkirk 1-0 at the Falkirk Stadium in the semi-final of the SPFL Trust Trophy on Saturday evening and they'll now face Erdionians in the final on March the 23rd or 24th. And the scores in the Highland League were Banks Adif 2, Keith 0, Breaking City 2, Lossiemouth 0, Clachnacadden 2, Huntley 4, Devonvale 0, Brora Rangers 3, Fraserburgh 2, Forest Mechanics 1, Nairn County 3, Becky Thistle 0, Rothes 1, Inveruri Local Works 4, Tariff United 1 for Martin United 2, Wick Academy 3, Strasbury Thistle 2. And Brecon City remain top of the league on 52 points, followed by Banks of D on 48 and for Martin United on 45. I don't normally do these kind of speeches, but this feels like a big moment. I know it's not easy being banished from MI5 to my department, but that's on you. Only screw-ups get sent to Slough House, and I've got to be honest, working with you has been the lowest point in a disappointing career. Right. What are you looking for? The remnants of a once promising career. Slough House is like prison. You're not supposed to ask what you're in for. I actually want to be useful. I could not be more bored if I tried. You probably know how many people have made it back from Slough House to upstairs here at Regent's Park. Bringing you up to speed is like trying to explain Norway to a dog. None. Come check this out. Hostage. She's being held here. There is something finally happening. What has it got to do with you? Whatever's going on will be handled by the real agents. I get it, we're just slow horses. I've got one lead, I have to follow up. You're gonna help me? Oh, no, I'm not. 
Like it or not, Slough House is part of this now. What do you think you're playing at? I didn't mean to kill him. Of course you didn't. If you meant to kill him, he'd still be alive. You put lives in danger. This is off the books. I am directing personnel, yours or anybody else's. She's just covering her tracks. But it's the covering of the tracks that always gets you in the end. You really care about them, don't you? No, I think they're a bunch of absolute losers. But they're my losers. Slow Horses follows a team of British intelligence agents who serve in a dumping ground department of MI5, Slough House. Watch all three seasons of Slow Horses, available now on Apple TV+. Aberdeen women were in Scottish Cup action against Spartans at Ainsley Park this afternoon. Ahead to the match, our latest signing Adele Lundbeek spoke to Red TV. This weekend we've got Spartans in the, in the Cup um, away from home down at um, Ainsley Park. How much is everyone looking forward to that and how important as well is it to have a, to have a cup run? Well, obviously that's a big, big, uh, big deal to the team. Um, I think the team is looking forward to the game. Um, been training really well and obviously the game on Sunday um, has made us even more confident about this game. Um, the team have, uh, obviously before you arrived, it was last year, the team have defeated Spartans twice already this season. Does that come into play at, uh, at all or the cup game is it just kind of the cliche that it's just a one-off and just uh, just comes down to it on the day? Well, I think they have it in their back of, in the back of their minds, but I, I think the team knows that we're just going to do our best. And even though they beat the team, they know it's going to be a challenge. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. And Sunday against Spartans kicks off quite a busy week because we've got three games within a week. We've then got Montrose and then Hearts after that. How important would a win on Sunday be just to set up what would be a very important week? I think it would be very important. Um, it would be great start to those two other games, league games. Um, yeah. and unfortunately, Aberdeen exited the Scottish Cup as we went down 2-1 to Spartans in Edinburgh. A second-half equaliser from Darcy Miller cancelled out a Robin McCafferty goal for the host, but Becky Galbraith won the match late on for Spartans. <laughs> What's it like being golden balls? <laughs> Six Nations is the tournament to decide the best team in Europe. Rugby is prime. It's doggy dog. When you go off to a game... I'm not going to be at war. I feel like you are going off to war sometimes. Embrace the fear. Embrace it all. some of the best players in world rugby and that's what you want to play against. You want to silence them in front of their home crowd. I need to see more energy off you because we are the better team. The thing is you probably need to go through a bit more pain. You like the challenge, don't you? I struggled with mental health for years. I'm not afraid to say it. When you feel like you are an imposter or you shouldn't be where you are, that's when you start questioning yourself. I've got a responsibility not only to my teammates, to myself, but all the people that have been there for me. This could be the last chance winning a trophy in the Six Nations. We just need to make this one count. 
It's business, ultimately. And there can only be one winner. From the producers of Formula One, Drive to Survive, this series takes you behind the scenes of the high-intensity world of Europe's greatest rugby tournament, as the best teams battle each other for the prestigious trophy. Watch Six Nations Full Contact only on Netflix. With the rumour mill in overdrive, the media seem to have landed that Neil Warnock will be handed the Dons manager job on an interim basis with an appointment expected next week. And the names in the frame are Neil Lennon, Jack Ross and Alex Neil, but they are apparently not contenders for the interim role. 75-year-old Neil Warnock recently managed Huddersfield Town. Slightly more worryingly, apparently we have consultants in to help with the management appointment. The bookies are hedging their bets on the new Dons manager, with Bet Victor going with Neil Lennon at 5-4. Jack Ross is on 4-1, followed by Alex Neal and Rhys McCabe on 8-1. Showing at the list is Tony Doherty and Stephen Kenny on 12-1. Interestingly, in the papers over the weekend, and whether it's true or not, Arsenal under-18 coach Jack Wilshere is apparently interested in the post. As you heard earlier in the programme, we had the sad news that Ali Shuin passed away earlier this week. Ali made exactly 300 appearances for the Dons between 1963 and 1969, which included surpassing Willie Cooper's consecutive appearance pre-war record of 162 for the club. Ali had an incredible run of 238 consecutive games, a record that still stands today and is unlikely to be beaten. Ali was brought up in Tariff as an Aberdeen supporter, and as he would proudly boast, as a youngster, he rarely missed a game. His career started out with local club for Martin United before signing provisional forms for Aberdeen in 1958. After becoming a full-time professional in 1959, Ali made his first team debut against Third Lanark on the 20th of March 1962 in a 5-3 win. He went on to make the left-back spot virtually his own during the 1960s. During his Batodri career, Ali came close to winning silverware but was disappointed to end up on the losing side in the 1964 Summer Cup final against Hibs as well as in the 1967 Scottish Cup final when Aberdeen were beaten by Celtic. Later that summer, Ali was in the side that lost out 6-5 in overtime to Wolverhampton in the President's Cup final in the USA. Despite those disappointments, Ali led Aberdeen with, dis with distinction through a tough time under Tom Pearson and latterly the great improvements when Eddie Turnbull took over. A tough and compromising fullback, he was a consistent performer and tough competitor who was rarely injured. Ali listed Jimmy Johnston, the Celtic winger, as his most difficult opponent, while Partick's Firhill ground was one of his favourite away venues. Ali eventually left Aberdeen in 1969 following a contract dispute, which was a sad end to his playing spell at Pataudry. After a short stay in Australia, Ali returned to see out his career in the Highland League. In 1971, he returned with his Elgin City side that Aberde uh, played Aberdeen as the Dons opened the defence of the cap at Pataudry against the Highland League club. After winning honours with Elgin, he finished his career with Ross County and then Lossiemouth. After his career had finished, he spent 30 years in the oil industry. A hard man on the pitch, you cannot meet a nicer person off it. In 2004, Ali was inducted into the AFC Hall of Fame and returned as an AFC ambassador in May 2016, ending his 50-year association with the Dons. His legacy remains in the form of the AFC Former Players Association. We'd like to pass on our best wishes and thoughts to Ali's family and friends at this very sad time.
A very young Aberdeen and their 18 side were defeated by Rangers at their East Dumbartonshire training base on Friday afternoon in a game that was made more difficult for the young Dons after an early red card for Dons keeper Rodrigo Vittles. Fraser Mackey headed the away side into an early lead, but the red card for Vittles in the 14th was a turning point in the game. And whilst we went into the second half 1-0 up, the host came from behind in the second half to win 4-2, Joseph Teasdale scoring the second Dons goal. Next up for the under-18s in the league is a trip to Edinburgh to take on Hibs this Friday, the 9th of February, where they'll be looking to get back to winning ways in the league after two defeats on the bounce. Man of the moment, Alfie Bavage has been called up to the Scotland under-19 squad for two friendly matches with Turkey and Latvia this month, with the games being played in Croatia. The young striker, who is currently on loan at League One Kelty Hearts, has seven caps for Billy Stark's side and has scored once for the young Scots. Scotland take on Turkey on Tuesday the 13th of February before playing Latvia three days later. Did you miss me? Well, Lord, help me get through this game. Everyone's a liar. I can't be trusted. I'm trying to win. She's a stone-cold killer. It's just gossip. I think she could be banished. This is some bull... This is getting intense. Welcome to an all-new season of strategy, betrayal, sabotage, and murder. With higher stakes. Alan's dropping another bombshell. This guy is the silent slaughterer. Diabolical twist. She's the traitor? Why would I want to murder her boyfriend? Come on! Hurry, go, go, go! and a killer all-celebrity cast. People keep throwing the housewives out there as traitors. I don't think they've got it in them. This is not The Bachelor, and I don't have to kiss your ass for a rose. Who will win a quarter of a million dollars? I was born ready. And who will win a plot in my graveyard? I'm coming after that goal. You want to work together and get somebody out? She talk about me, I'm gonna have to. The first signs of deception, I'm gonna take care of her once and for all. There's no friendships in this game. I find you highly annoying. It's just a ton of chaos. Hold on to your kilts, deities. The games are just beginning. <laughs> Too much? So how does it feel to be the second best dressed guy? I'd say back off. The second series of The Traitors US coming later this year on BBC iPlayer. And the football keeps on coming. On Tuesday night, we're away to Rangers at Ibrox in the 8pm kickoff. You'll be able to watch the match live on Sky Sports. And for Red TV International subscribers, we're listening to the live commentary on Sports Sound on BBC Radio Scotland. Also in action on Tuesday night is Motherwell and Ross County, which kicks off slightly earlier at 7.45pm. On Wednesday night, there's also midweek fixtures between Kilmarnock and Livingston. Hearts are away to St Johnston and St Mirren at home to Dundee. All 7.45pm kickoffs there. And it's Hibs versus Celtic at 8pm. Aberdeen women are also in action in the league at home to Montrose in the 7.30pm kickoff at Peterhead's Balmore Stadium. 
On Saturday, we are in fifth round action against Bonnie Rig Rose at Petordi. Kickoff is at 3pm for the Scottish Cap. Tickets for the match are still on sale and are priced £15 for adults, £10 for over 65s and under 18s are £5 for under 12s. The Aberdeen deck of the Richard Donald stand will also be closed for this one. If you're a Red TV International subscriber, you'll be able to watch the game live online. Audio only in the UK and Ireland. Coverage starts at 2.45pm. The Scottish Caps matches start on Friday evening. It's Greenock Morton versus Motherwell at 7.30pm. Then the other games on Saturday are between Inverness, Cali, Thistle and Hibs. Kilmarnock and Cove Rangers. Partick Thistle are at home to Livingston and Air United and away to Rangers. They're all 3pm kickoffs by the Rangers match, which kicks off at 5.30pm. And then on Sunday, it's St Mirren versus Celtic at 2pm and Airdrieonians and Hearts at 5pm. I'll be back with another double roundup next Sunday on the AFC Donscast, following the matches against Rangers midweek and our cap match against Bonnie Rig Rose. And who knows, we may have a new manager by then. Till next Sunday, thanks for listening and stand free. Big Brother is coming to get you.